Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Welcome to Maximize Your Influence, the podcast of persuasion, negotiation, and cutting-edge influence techniques. This is podcast 203. My name is Kurt Mortensen. Welcome or welcome back. Glad that you are here. Spent the last week in Chicago doing a seminar on how to maximize your influence, how to understand those subconscious triggers, how to get other people to want to do what you want them to do and like doing it. We had a lot of fun. Shout out to Chicago. We had some really good food. and learned a lot of different persuasion, influence, and negotiation techniques. Uh, those have been asking, Heal the Pain is still up. That is our special that we did in episode 200 to celebrate. That is a 70% discount of my most popular package, Magnetic Persuasion. So take a look at that. And of course, Maximize Your Influence is our website. Kurt at MaximizeYourInfluence.com is my email. That is K-U-R-T. Let me know your thoughts, your derogatory remarks, your jokes, what you want to hear. Want to hear all of those. So let's kick off our show. And this is show number three almost as we talk about ways to overcome price resistance. We've never done a three-part series before. I know we're getting a lot of good feedback here. I'm going to finish that up today. But let's start off with our new sound for the article, the geeky article of the week. Of course, let me know if you like that sound. We have some debate going between that and this sound. <laughs> That's the Urkel sound. So let me know which one you like at Kurt, K-U-R-T at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. This article is how to negotiate your salary. Everybody wants to negotiate your salary or teach people how to do that. These are three winning strategies that come from PON. That is the Harvard University negotiation site, P-O-N. Program on negotiation is what it stands for. And so they talk about some things you need to think about with salary negotiation. And the first one they talked about, it's quite interesting, is get out of your own way. What they're talking about, sometimes we don't recognize our opportunities. We don't see our strengths. We don't look at our weaknesses. And when someone brings up a weakness or a project that failed, we start to go to concessions too fast. And so we got to be very careful that we don't do that. And the first concessions are always with the employee and not the company. That's what they found with these studies. So Kolb and Porter, who were in on the study, they talk about gathering information so that you feel that what you're asking for is defensible, that you didn't pull the number out of the air. Remember we talking about the numbers and using the numbers on last week's podcast? And part of that is showing that the alternative is not very attractive. I mean, if you go someplace else and they have to hire and train somebody and maybe not even find somebody as good as you, you have to build that pain. The next one they say is consider the context. So what happens is these companies, especially large companies, measure candidates by these defined job categories with a set range of salaries. And this is what you negotiate and this is what's standard and this is what you do. And maybe you're doing two jobs. Maybe you don't fit in that category is something to think about. So part of that, too, is when they say, okay, what are you looking for? They want a number from you, and they want to see. And sometimes going first is good, but sometimes being vague is also good. And they talked about in the book 3D Negotiation that sometimes you can answer it with range. Well, based on the research I've done, we can be earning anywhere from 80 to 150,000. And so you have a range that you're working with. You've answered it, but you haven't really answered it. And that's important as you consider how you might adjust your salary negotiation 
get the numbers, do the research, know what's standard, know what you're worth, know what you're doing is different. So consider the context because they're coming from big company. Here's the average. Here's the standard. Here's the range I'm working with. And you've got to put yourself not in that category. The third one they talked about is adapt your style for maximum success. And I talk about this one all the time that you have to persuade people how they want to persuade. You have to negotiate with people how they like to negotiate. And that's important. In fact, a study found in the Journal of Organizational Behavior found that there are five types of negotiating strategies. Collaborating, competing, accommodating, compromising, and avoiding. And these are the points we talked about in Chicago. Is Once you've pegged their style, they're much easier to communicate with and negotiate with and adapt. And when you can peg their style, how they like to negotiate, you will get better terms. So understand those things. That'll be any negotiation, not just salary. But to understand those basic things will go a long way in your ability to persuade, influence, and negotiate. And so before we get into the final episode of Psychology of Price, we've got to do our blunder. Home or go? Don't, don't, don't! For those that are new, we do a persuasion blunder or persuasion ninja on this show. And this one is a definite blunder. I'm not going to name names, but I was interviewing some contractors to do some work. And I was just looking at bids. I wasn't even that serious about it. But looking at some bids as far as people coming out, what's this going to cost, what's going to happen. I asked this contractor, when can you come by? I'm busy. I'm sure they're busy. Then he said, oh, I'm wide open. I can meet you anytime, anywhere. I'm not working on a job right now. (laughs) Wow. And you're thinking, well, why is that a blunder? Well, I'm glad he's very flexible, but hello, have a little scarcity, a little urgency. Don't look so desperate because there's two challenges here. There's no scarcity. I can get you anytime, anywhere, so I don't want you at any time or anywhere. And there's no social validation. And both of those are two of the 12 laws of persuasion in my book, Maximum Influence. The social validation is they're busy. People want them. They've got people stacked up. Let me see if you qualify versus, hey, anytime. You got to create some scarcity there. So the two lessons there is create some scarcity. Even if you're not busy, act like, well, I've got a window Tuesday and maybe Wednesday night and let them know that you're working with other people, done other things, who you've worked for, because that is a major blunder. I see that too many times, especially with entrepreneurs, people that are working, even coaches. Oh, anytime, anytime. No. And that's one of the reasons I accept one new coaching client a month is that A, it's urgency, B, it's social validation, and C, that's the only time that I have. And when that happens, people want it more and you can do the same thing. So that is the blunder, being wide open, anytime being too desperate. So quick blunder of the day. Hope you took some great notes on that one. As we finish up the psychology of price, techniques to overcome price resistance. And based on feedback, I know this is what you want to hear. So I'm going to finish up some other tools that you can use. And remember that you're not going to use every single one every time you do a presentation or you talk to a prospect or do a negotiation. You use probably a couple of them, but use the tools that fit the situation the best. Number seven, sales favorite called reduce it to the ridiculous. When you're working with money, especially, and it's huge, it's a big amount, a million dollars, $2 million, $10 million. Sometimes it's too big for the brain to comprehend or to monetize or to figure out. For example, a project's going to last five years and the budget seems high. No, divide it by the week, the month, the day. You know, what we're talking about is five cents a day. What we're talking about is $100 a week. What we're talking about is a cafe latte a day. What we're talking about is only $1,000 a month, right? Break it down into smaller, manageable, bite-sized pieces so it makes sense to the brain, especially for a project that lasts years, budget that go over years, break it down into smaller pieces. 
If you were selling a life insurance policy and they wanted the $250,000 policy and you wanted to have the $500,000 policy, so you know what we're talking about. It's 50 cents a day for double the coverage. Puts it into perspective. If you're getting resistance from coworkers to participate in a new project, you can say, well, we're just talking about 10 minutes a day. We're just talking about 45 minutes a week. We're just talking about an extra hour a month. See what we're putting in perspective? If I was asking people to donate blood, you could do it every two months. You might say, well, to, you know, to save three lives, what we're talking about is an extra 47 seconds a day. I didn't do the math there, but you see where I'm going on that. Reduce it to the ridiculous. That is an easy technique with large numbers, large amount of time. Do the math, reduce it to the ridiculous. Maybe not by the second or the minute or the hour, but maybe by the day, the month, or the week really puts things into perspective. Number eight is what I call the anchor a high anchor price. It could be low, but for most people, it's this high anchor price. Let me give you an example. Car's making funny noise, smelling weird. You take your mechanic. You're like, I'm going to lunch. How much did it cost? You're like, well, I can fix it probably for $200. Okay, great. Go to lunch. You come back. It's $800. You're feeling a little violated because the mechanic set the wrong anchor, the wrong expectation. You should say something like, I don't know. I'm hearing transmission and radiator and you might need a new car. And so you're thinking thousands of dollars, $20,000. And you come back and it's $800. Same price of $800, two different reactions. You have to create the anchor. So when they get the final price, it's like, oh, really? That's a great deal. That's why an address, if you see it on sale, they don't hide the previous prices. There might be three or four tags there. It was what, $200 and now it's $10? Or so maybe $10, $30, okay? They've set the anchor. It's a $200 dress. I'm getting it for $30. And that could be a powerful thing, especially in negotiation. Even with wine prices, our brain, the way our brain's perceived, when it's a cheap wine, a $10 bottle of wine, we don't rate it as well as a $45 wine. And our brain actually triggers different centers to where our brain is telling us that it's better, even though it's the same exact wine. They saw the same results with an energy drink. So sometimes your anchor is price. In fact, they did this study with pain pills. And when they told people it was 200, and when they told people this pain pills, $2.50 a piece versus 10 cents a piece, when it was expensive at $2.50 a pill, there was an 85% reduction in pain. It was a huge difference. So you've got to create that anchor, especially if you're offering two or three products, create a bigger product, a higher end product, add $10,000 to your product. It's a higher end product and that frames the other ones a lot better. The one that was on top and down the middle, you're going to sell a lot more of those. In fact, Williams and Sonoma did this with the bread maker. They added a more expensive version, add all these options, these different things to a bread maker, and it dramatically increased their sales of the one that used to be the high end because people buy in the middle. It creates the anchor. This is what it's worth. And, and the great thing about it is some people will buy the most expensive. That's how they're programmed. But you got to create an anchor. you got to create a price, especially in negotiation where your starting point is. And you don't want to get in the insult zone. You want to let people know that based on standards, based on the law, based on research, based on comparables, this is where the number's coming from. You don't want to get in that insult zone, but you want to be able to create that anchor. This is where we're starting. This is what we're doing, especially in negotiation and especially in product pricing. Number nine, JND. That stands for just noticeable difference, which means the minimal amount of difference in the intensity of the stimulus that could be detected. You're like, all right, what does that mean? Well, basically, how much can you raise the price of a product without anyone noticing? Usually for gas, we don't notice unless it breaks the 3 to $4 barrier, the 2 to $3 barrier. We don't notice. How much smaller can the box be before you notice you're getting less product or less food? How can you raise the price of a product without everyone noticing? What can you take out to not compromise for taste but save money? Companies always want the best taste for the lowest cost, 
but the quality of the ingredients cause people to notice that or not notice the quality of the product. That's what we've seen with food, right? Food's not getting more expensive. It's just getting smaller. Look at the cake boxes. Look at the cup of yogurts, that, that contour at the bottom. Do you notice the difference between three ounces and 2.9 ounces? I mean, really? So those are things that we need to take a look at. The just noticeable difference. So if you're raising prices, changing things up, change your packaging just a little bit, you know, kind of like the sunset. We just can't really tell it's going down, but it is going down. What could you change What in your pricing, in your product, in your packaging, in your ingredients, whatever you're doing, that just noticeable difference. So it's not this big shock factor, which causes that irritation in the brain, that MRI we talked about in episode 201, that just noticeable difference. Kind of the opposite of contrast, just a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. Number 10, we'll call it ROI. We all understand that means return on investment. Basically, you as a persuader, as a negotiator, as an influencer, you've got to make the cost of not doing business with you higher than the cost of doing business with you. Does that make sense? So if you're providing a solution, you've got to crank up the pain to that solution. If they go down the same road, they're going to lose $2.2 million. Your product's only $512,000, $72.15. You can see I'm using the odd number there. It's kind of ridiculous, but I'm going to use it anyway. Yeah, this is going to cost us $2.2 million. So you've got to build it in that the cost of not doing anything, the cost of not doing business with you, the cost of just leaving it is higher than the cost of doing it. That creates a lot of urgency, a lot of scarcity. That gets people to move, but you have to package it that way and show them that this is either going to save them or make them money, especially in business. Is this going to save me money? Is it going to save me time? Is it going to make me money? Is it going to increase my time? Right? Those are the things that you're looking at as far as your ROI. You've got to build that into your presentation. You've got to put that into your call to action and show them, all right, look, this is what happens if you don't do anything versus if we do something, this is what we're going to save. This is what we're going to earn. This is what's going to happen. Create that reality for them. And that will make a huge difference in your ability to make price a non-issue. Because if spending $100,000 is going to save me $2.2 million, no brainer. That's easy. If investing $100 is going to save me an hour a day, no brainer. Right? You see where we're going with this? Number 10, ROI, the cost of not doing it is higher than the cost of doing it. Number 11, change perspective. Make your problem their problem. <laughs> Sounds kind of mean, but it's real. Until they can see that it's their problem, that it's affecting them financially, maybe it's affecting their health, maybe it's affecting their retirement, it's affecting their company, affecting their income, you make your problem their problem, right? Change the perspective. A couple examples. You go to a hotel, you check in, there's this little sign on your bed or maybe in the bathroom. They just say, wait a minute, we're going green. We can't be washing sheets and towels every day. And you want clean sheets? You you want clean towels? Well, I guess we'll do it. Here's the program if you want that to happen. They're making it your fault. If you want a clean towel and a clean bed and clean sheets, wow, you're anti-green. And the reality is the hotel saves money. They save time by doing this, but they're putting it on your shoulders. You need to go green. How dare you want a new towel? I'm going to be facetious here, but you see where I'm going with that. Or the university in Boulder, Colorado that put up signs to the students, don't walk on the grass, don't walk on the grass. Of course, they walk on the grass. The embedded command there, of course, is walk on the grass. If you've studied NLP or neurolinguistic programming. And so they change perspective. All right. Give Earth a chance. Right. Give Earth a chance. And it changed it up. That's the thing. So that's changing perspective. And another way is being part of the group or a common enemy you're going after. Right. That can change perspective. Yeah. I want to be part of the group. I want to solve this problem. I want to be on the team or the common enemy. We're all going to bring them down. They're destroying this. They're hurting the economy. They're doing this. That common enemy can change perspective and, 
and make pricing a smaller issue. Or if it's a good cause. If you change perspective that every meal you buy, another meal feels a child in Africa. Every pair of shoes you buy, a pair of shoes goes to a third world country. Every time you do this, X amount of dollars or percent goes here. And that just changes things up because they feel you're doing it for the right reasons. You're changing perspective. That can make price a non-issue. Because when you're donating to a charity or is that common enemy or being part of that team, and that's a technique you can use to destroy price resistance. The next one's number 12, known as FITD or foot in the door, not to be confused with door in the face. Door in the face is adjusting perception, time, energy, money. Foot in the door is also known as creating a funnel, a marketing, a sales funnel that could be very beneficial to you. Foot in the door means just do anything you can to get a new client. Is it a free report? Is it a free seminar? Is it a free estimate? Is it a free book? Is it a free webinar? See what we're doing here? This gets people in the door. It's known as a marketing funnel, so it's very wide at the top. You want as many people as possible to get this free report, this free book, this free webinar. You're proving your worth. People are starting to like you. Then you're going to offer maybe a book for $10, and it's getting a little narrow. Not everybody will do that's in the funnel. You might offer a webinar for $30, specialty webinar. Then you might offer a seminar for $1,000 or a consult for $2,000. See that the funnel there? That is the key to marketing, and you just bring people down the funnel. The key to the funnel is the foot in the door, the entry to the funnel to create as many things as possible that have value that can prove your worth. Again, an audio, a video, a consult, an estimate, any of those things to get them into the funnel makes the big difference. That's known as foot in the door. It makes a big, big difference, and you want to make that as easy as possible. In fact, a study was done with foot in the door with psychology students. They were asked, hey, will you participate in a perception study? Saturday at 6 a.m. You're like, whoa, that's a big ask. And it was like 24% said yes. So with foot in the door, your call to action, making price a non-issue, you want to make this as easy as possible. So they, what they did is they said, hey, we're doing a sensory perception study. Will you participate? Well, yeah. It's a Saturday. Are you available? Well, yeah. At 6 a.m., will you be there? Now all we did was take a big ask and break it down to smaller asks. And it doubled, more than doubled, and it went from 24% to 56%. And that should be a, a big aha for you. When you're getting a lot of resistance, price resistance, or any type of resistance, what you're asking is too big, you need to break it down to easier, smaller yeses. Again, even if you lose money in your first offer or lose money when you're talking to a client, prove your worth, get your foot in the door, get them in the funnel, get them as a customer that makes all the difference and make it as easy as possible. Number 13, the decoy. Hmm, interesting. You see this in the supermarket. Let's say you're shopping for deodorant, right? You look at all the deodorant there and you, you narrowed it down to one brand, but this, then there's this one that has 20% more and it's the same price. That's usually a decoy when it has 20% more or it's a cheaper price than everything else. It's a no-brainer. It looks better than everything else. People buy it. It's known as a decoy. You see real estate agents doing this. You tell them you want a house for $300,000, they'll show you one for three hundred in a bad neighborhood falling apart, smells bad. Then they show you the other house that's 300. That's a contrast. That's a decoy, also known as contrast, to where the next house looks a lot better. That's maybe if you're interviewing for a job, send your friend to go before you and have them do a rotten job. You'll look better. Or someone has a terrible idea in a meeting, you go next. Your idea is going to sound better. That's all a decoy. Okay? It's all a decoy. They did a study with a magazine. You can do it internet only or you can do a physical copy. So the first option was $59 was internet only. Or you could do the physical for 68, or you could do them both together for $125. So most people just chose the internet only. But then when they came out with a decoy, a bigger offer, we talked about that a little bit before. 
when they say $59 internet only, 16 chose. When they said $125 print only, zero chose. Why would I do that? That's the decoy. Then they said, or you could do $125 internet and print. And of course, well, duh, 84 chose. It's the kind of the duh, the decoy. Well, why wouldn't I do that for a little extra? And you see that in the movie theaters. You've already spent five bucks for a soda. For an extra 50 cents, we can uh, supersize that just a little bit more because of the decoy price that's in there. This is also known as priming. I talked about the law of involvement. Look at your podcast archives for involvement. Priming is an interesting one that kind of changes your brain a little bit as far as expectations are concerned. It's also a decoy where they brought students in and made it really easy to cheat on this test. Before they took the test, they asked half of them, hey, can you recall a couple books you read in high school? Then they took the test and a lot of them cheated. And then the other group, they said, can you recall a couple books from the Bible? That, that priming, okay, is an interesting one because very few of them cheated. Another example is they had the students doing word puzzles. Half of them were doing word puzzles with very rude, rude words. And the other half had very polite words. And they put these word puzzles together. And then when they were done, they had to go talk to the proctor, the person doing the study. And the proctor was talking to someone. They were told just to keep talking until they interrupted. And they found that those doing the rude words interrupted twice as fast as the ones doing the polite words. That's priming. That's a decoy. That's how the brain works. Those are subconscious triggers. It's a real part of influence, persuasion, and especially pricing. And number 14, our final one is providing options. You have to realize that some people need options. And it feels like they're making their own choice. There's some personalities that they have to have different options. It's just how we're programmed. There's this elderly lady that she was told to take her medication with her breakfast. She wouldn't do it. Her children tried to get her to do it. She wouldn't do it. Went to the doctor, wouldn't do it. They found her a new doctor, and this doctor was smart and said, all right, here's this new medication. Do you want to take it with your breakfast or dinner? She's like, uh, dinner. People want to choose. And here's the key factor here is that you want to let them choose. Pick two or three things and let them choose. Make sure they all win for you. You don't care which one they choose, option A, B, or C, but they feel like they're choosing. That can reduce price resistance. But remember, they all win for you and never more than two or three. I mean, how many perfumes can you smell with your eyes rolling back in your head? If you use too many options, the brain's overwhelmed and it shuts down. So this financial planner once, well, according to your investment needs, here are the 77 mutual funds that, whoa, whoa, too many, too much. We can't handle that. Even with jams and jellies in the supermarket, when you could taste 16 and, and purchase one and get a coupon, sales went down versus when they only had three. There's a difference there. Only two to three. Those are the critical things. That's an easy one, but sometimes we don't think about it, especially with people that give you all the resistance. Give them an option. Let them feel they're choosing. You don't care what they choose. They all went for you. You've persuaded them. Take them down the road to persuasion and influence. I can't say it enough. As we talk about the psychology of price and these 14 techniques, that price is not the issue. You're the issue. You learn more tools. Do it the right way. We see these techniques everywhere. It's interesting that three bonuses worth $25 have more value than one bonus of $75. It's how we're programmed. Having all your product arrive in one box has less value than three separate shipments. Now, you got to look at the return on investment on that. I'm just talking about mindset and human behavior. Grocery stores keep the prices high and having that special card and the savings on your receipt increases the value of what's going on. You're okay to pay those prices. When we're buying a car, we know that we don't pay retail. They have started in the place of negotiation where they want. Gas is an interesting one. When gas first started taking credit cards, there was a 10 cent surcharge for using a credit card and that didn't work. So they switched it up, which changed it dramatically to 10 cent cash discount. <laughs> Even in payroll, there's a higher perceived income when you separate all the benefits on your check than putting them all together in one large sum. 
And of course, we talked about negotiation, being able to start as high or as low as possible. It's okay to make that first offer. That dictates the starting point of the negotiation. So those are the 14 ways to overcome price resistance. It took us over three episodes to cover that, but now you have the secrets. Now you have the tools and techniques to make price a non-issue. Review these over and over and over again. It'll make a big difference in your ability to make price a non-issue. Remember when they say it's too expensive, you have blown the presentation. So thanks for listening. Appreciate your comments and support. See us on Twitter at InfluenceMax. Facebook and Pinterest at Maximize Your Influence. Send me an email at Kurt, K-U-R-T at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. See the archives. You can access to all the archives for free at InfluenceUniversity.com. You also can enroll on our 52-week PhD persuasion program at InfluenceUniversity.com. So master these skills, make price a non-issue, go out and persuade with power, and make the world a better place.